The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you want to uh, send us an email with a question or comment, you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, or you can call us at 877-670-7117. This comes from By the Numbers Research. Uh, after suffering 10 separate bear markets between 1950 and, and 2021, the S&P 500 has recovered and eventually achieved new an all-time new closing high every single time. The average length that it took uh, for the market to retrace its steps from a bear market low to a new closing high was 25 and a half uh, months, so essentially two years. The quickest recovery in stocks took place just uh, in over just three-month period in 1982, while the longest uh, took 70 months or nearly six years between 1974 and 1980. If you remember, that was the famous stagflation period, which hopefully we don't repeat this time. Uh, and Jerome Powell can can be the catalyst for that not happening. Uh, I think the important thing is, and we talk about this all the time, because everybody wants to know: Does the market have more to go? Or we do we hit the low? You know, and the truth is, nobody knows. Everybody has an opinion. But the best thing to do when you want to know about the stock market is study history. And so, uh, since World War II, or a little before World War II, we've had 15 bear markets. A bear market is measured by a uh, from a peak to trough correction of 20 percent or more. So it has to go down 20% for it to be officially a bear market. Uh, the average bear market over those 15 years was down about 31%. Um, a week and a half ago, the S&P 500 was down 23%. Um, so, you know, obviously we're close to the average. Every, you know, obviously you know how averages work. You're going to sometimes go more down more than the average or less, and we won't know until after. But, uh, you know, most likely, even if we're going to go down – more, a lot of the damage has already been done in the capital markets. The more likely scenario probably, though, is that this thing sort of drags on uh, as the inflation number keeps, um, you know, keeps the Federal Reserve up at night, uh, to say the least. Uh, okay, let's uh, talk about uh, something that we use in our practice, and we think that it's a, a valid tool. Uh, again, we, we use exchange-traded funds in our practice, that track uh, indexes, uh, and and you know over time, if you look at the data, uh, the reason we index and we use ETFs to do it is, one, ETFs are very tax efficient for so for the, those of you that have taxable accounts, ETFs the way that they're structured are very tax efficient. Uh, the exchange traded funds that we use are are very low cost. The one we're going to talk about right now is a four basis points, so 0.04 percent, so you know sort of as close to free as you can get. Uh, and, and they're they're not sort of what we'd call actively managed. So, the what we thought we'd talk about today is large cap value stocks, uh, and so we can describe what what that means, large cap, and then value, and then we can uh, tell you the exchange traded fund that that we use to express our large cap value exposure. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you first describe to, to people? Sort of well. First, we need to describe what large cap is, and then we can talk about the value uh, tilt of of large cap, uh, and then we can talk about what we use and, and give some examples. Uh, well, just the value tint generally is, well, is large cap first. Yeah. Well, so large cap stocks, you know, depending on your actual index provider, you're talking about the names that you all know. Uh, they're the the S and P five hundred by definition is only including large cap stocks. So you know, if you think about large cap value. Particularly, you know, you're going to talk about uh, Berkshire Hathaway or Johnson and Johnson or Exxon Mobil or the litany of money center banks would fall in, whether it's J.P. Morgan or Wells Fargo, but Home Depot, the AbbVie's, the Coca-Colas. You know, you think about these names traditionally in the sense of, I guess you'd call them old economy names. And uh, you know, if you showed me the generation 
or you showed me the portfolio, I could typically tell you the generation of the investor. And, you know, when you think about large caps, it's and large cap value specifically, it's going to be the greatest generation and uh, and baby boomer generation. You know, you're going to find their portfolio hold these uh, on, you know, there's a the vast proportion of their stock exposure comes uh, from these type of names. Value investing generally and what you would characterize as value stocks are uh, companies that trade at uh, some discount relative to the broader market's valuation. And the idea behind value investing over time is, you know, you're going to be paying less than a dollar for a dollar's worth of earnings. And, um, you know, the value names have done very, very well in 2022, uh, even trailing one year. The value indices have dramatically outperformed the S&P 500, about half the drawdown. Um, of course, that's because they tend to generate prolific cash flows uh, and actually pay dividends. So think about so for the important thing to know is large cap means twenty five billion or more generally in size, all the way up to over two billion. You know, so Apple the, the mega caps. Yeah. If you think of Apple, it's you know two point two two point three trillion in market cap. But you know the the names like Josh mentioned, uh, you know the the Berkshire. So the the ETF that we use in this space is the Schwab Large Cap Value ETF. The symbol is S is in Sam C H V S C H V. Uh, again, it's four basis points, but you know, the, if you look at the, the top holdings, it's Berkshire Hathaway, it's Johnson and Johnson, it's Exxon Mobil, J.P. Morgan Chase, it's Procter and Gamble, Chevron, Home Depot, Pfizer, AbbVie, Coca-Cola. So, if you think about these businesses, all of the names I just mentioned are very boring businesses, uh, and boring is good in a market like this. Uh, you know, they generally most of those names have really good fortress-like balance sheets. Like Josh said, they generate lots of cash flow. Most of them pay a dividend. So if you look at the dividend yield on this ETF, it's essentially two and a half percent, which doesn't sound great, but when you consider a, a basket of stocks paying two and a half percent, that's pretty good. Uh, and so, you know, most if you look at if you look at the S and P, the S and P has these names in there, but they're not that influential in the index because they're small relative to the large cap growth names like the Apples, the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks. And we're not saying you should exclude those names from your portfolio, but if most of you, what has happened over the last decade, especially if you're younger, like Josh mentioned, is your portfolio is tilted almost exclusively to growth. Uh, and there are, you know, if you go back a long, over long periods of time, value actually beats growth over time because of its predictability and cash flow. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you think about interest rates going higher, which most likely they're going to, I think everybody can agree that they're going to continue to go higher from here. What's important in the, that kind of market environment? It's not earnings out into the future, higher earnings out into the future. It's earnings now, cash flow now, which these companies have. The other thing that these companies have is if you think about a Procter & Gamble, for example, they make stuff that we all use no matter what. They make toothpaste. They make dishwashing detergent. They make laundry detergent. They make all of these things that we use every single day as Americans and around the globe. Unilever would be another example of a, a consumer uh, staple name that we're going to use it in a recession or not. Unilever you, domiciled internationally, so it wouldn't fall within an index, but you know, typically they fall into that category of what you would call defensives. And that, you know, we're eight months into a value rotation here. We, in the interest of disclosure, actually added SCHV back in mid December and sort of bifurcated our large cap exposure away from being. Uh, you know, NASDAQ centric in the sense that so many of those names had really gobbled up the index and we made an explicit allocation to value. And when you go back and you look at the history of, say, the 2001 market correction, uh, ultimately about 18 months after the initial knee jerk reaction sell off, capital started to react and started to flow into value indices for many years, many years following. Think about it. They're boring, predictable businesses that don't grow really fast. So that's not exciting, but their stocks have done really well over time. So for those of you of a certain generation, think of them as U.S. blue chip names. This is the, these are the names that are in this index, uh, and, and that's why we think they're a good part of a portfolio from a predictability standpoint, especially in inflationary times because they have pricing power and all the things that you're going to care about. So the one that we use, again, is the Schwab U.S. large cap value. It's only four basis points. SCHV is the symbol. 
All right, if you want to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled. The number is 800-743-0988 or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about when bonds don't hedge your stock portfolio. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. circle back as Pasaki used to say on this economy this is intentional when a president and his cabinet says there's nothing they can do they're lying you would never have heard Ronald Reagan say there's nothing I can do you would never hear his Treasury secretary say there's nothing I can do Ronald Reagan took inflation by the horns and wrestled it to the ground he inherited it from Jimmy Carter Mark Levin weekdays at 3 only on FM News 100 at 1110 KBMD In today's expensive real estate market, it's easy to wind up paying too much for a place to live. That's why Alpine Meadows Townhomes is a smart move. They have washer dryers in the two and three bedroom units, designer kitchens that please, one, two or three bedrooms and approved pets allowed. They're more affordable than all those brand new townhomes. Google Alpine Meadows Townhomes on Northeast 6th and Bed. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. There's an easier place to find affordable housing in Bend. Discover Mountain Glen Apartments and make them your comfortable home. Mountain Glen Apartments are conveniently located with washers, dryers in their two and three bedroom units and designer kitchens. You can pay more, but you cannot get more value than at Mountain Glen Apartments on the corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. To learn more, Google Mountain Glen Apartments. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Struggling with CPAP? Now there's Inspire, the only FDA-approved obstructive sleep apnea treatment that works inside the body to treat the root cause of sleep apnea with just the click of a button. No mask, no hose, just sleep. Visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Discount Fireworks Superstore. Fireworks for half the price with five locations in Central Oregon. Log on to DFSFireworks.com for free fireworks or text discount to 59769. Log on to DFSFireworks.com today. What if I told you there was a way to step into another gear for your brain and be much sharper, more focused, and improve your memory to a level that you could only dream about and notice these results in 30 minutes? Hard to believe? Neuroscientists are calling this new brain discovery the biggest advancement in brain science to date. It's called Limitless, the brain pill of the future. Take it, and within 30 minutes, you'll transport your mind to a new level of focus and clarity you would have never thought possible. I took Limitless, and it started working in minutes. All of a sudden, it felt like a dark cloud had been lifted up right before my eyes. I have a mental clarity I've never felt before. Biz execs, athletes, teachers, and students are calling Limitless a secret weapon for the brain. You have nothing to lose, so call now and find out how to get a free bottle today. To find out how to get a free bottle of Limitless, call 800-680-9416. That's 800-680-9416. Free bottles for a limited time. Call now, 800-680-9416, Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by downloading the Financial Focus app. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Um, If you have a question for the show, you can call us at 877-670-7117, or you can send us an email with a question or a comment by going to our website, northwestquadrantwalt.com, and click on uh, Contact Us. Uh, so the median uh, sales price of an existing home in the United States has moved above 400000 for the first time. And this is nationally, so uh, that is a big uh, 
barrier. I mean, it's crazy that the median house, uh, meeting median price of a house in the U.S. is over four is a, over four hundred thousand for the first time. That's forty four percent increase in a two year period, which is bigger percentage increase than we saw before the financial crisis. And to give you some context, the median all time high price during the financial crisis was only right. Well, so that housing market before the financial crisis was only two hundred thirty thousand. Uh, the the price after during the financial crisis of a house went from 230,000 down to 154,000 so what's that like a 36% drop uh and you know i i'm hoping that doesn't happen here but um you know i it certainly could you know interest rates didn't even go up we just had a financial crisis over that period in fact interest rates went down uh so it will be very interesting to see but home prices uh for those of you that are sort of banking on them continuing to increase uh the way they have from here um, you might want to uh, reassess that because you think about what's happened. Rates went down, home prices went up. Rates are going up, which means home prices are most likely going down. And even, even I mean, 44% increase in the housing market nationally in, in a two-year period <laughs> is laughable. <laughs> yeah. But everybody wants to talk about, like, all the causation, supply, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, no, it's interest rates. Your whole life is driven by interest rates. And the sooner you learn about that and know about that, the better off you will be. Well, there's a lot of people mistaking time and place for genius on their part. Oh, boy. You're right about that. Uh, so this is uh, this is pretty funny to me. At its peak, Peloton, you know, the the exercise bike company. Um, yeah, I said that right. Peloton. Cultural lightning rod. Had a market cap larger than MetLife, which is obviously a global life insurance company that was founded in 1868. So if you think about the market this way, last year... No price was too high for buyers. This year, no price is too low for sellers. And here's what happens. Not, not, not quite yet. Not yet, but it's getting We'll there. get there. So here's what happens, though. My, my bigger point is that the, the idea that Peloton had a greater market cap than, um, than MetLife is laughable to me. And you, you, the funny thing to me is, like, there's an a, a exercise company called Nautilus here in the Pacific Northwest that, you know— is publicly traded and the stock has been a disaster since they went public and the idea that peloton is somehow materially different uh is, is very laughable well, i think me. you're forgetting the differentiating characteristic which is peloton is actually a connected fitness company yeah but most of those peloton bikes that were sold during the pandemic are now officially clothes hangers in people's bedrooms and we know that's how it works i mean Absolutely and those are, you know are. You, you know you're, you know who i'm talking about i mean that that's yes, happened i know and them so very well <laughs> here's here's the reality is um this is what happens when lots of retail money is buying stocks in the market it just so happened that this time it was fueled by free money this modern monetary policy uh that came from the government and so when you when you this is the idea of this thematic investing that, you know, people are going to be working out from home and this stock is going to be worth, you know, a, a trillion dollars. And it's like, wait, no, it's an, ex it's an exercise bike company. What are you talking about? Well, there was a very, very good silver lining in this for a former CEO and founder of Peloton, John Foley. He uh, managed to cash out at the top and took his multi-hundred million dollar fortune and bought a uh, sprawling mansion in the Hamptons. Hey, I mean, he didn't do anything illegal or wrong. <laughs> he just, you know, took advantage of a capital market that was crazy. So good for him, but you shouldn't be on the, the, the buyer side of him selling because, you know, you have to remember, a, a, an exercise bike company is not going to be worth $500 billion. The expanding, 50 years from now, that won't be true. The expanding definition of, quote, air quote, technology businesses over the last few years has been uh, nothing less than astonishing. But I think for me, perhaps even more egregious than that relative valuation is uh, Zoom being worth more than ExxonMobil last year. That, yeah. I mean, that that to me is the is it. That's just heresy. Okay, so let's talk about, um, for the last 40-plus years, uh, a great uh, hedge against your stock portfolio was to own bonds of sort of any sort, right? Because if you think back, uh, if you go back to 1982 and you think about where interest rates were there, were then they're 15 16% on the 10-year treasury, and they came all the way from 16% down to below, to essentially 1%. 
which meant the prices of those bonds went up, right? Interest rates and bond prices have an inverse relationship. And so over that time period, owning bonds of all sorts paid off greatly. And then when we had uh, periods of stock market distress, it was even more important that you had these bonds. And so they were sort of this uh, great hedge in your portfolio that de- that delivered a ton of diversification factor. So if you had a 60-40 portfolio and you know during periods of real distress in the stock market, your 40% in your bonds did extraordinary well. So your overall portfolio didn't decline. Well, guess what? On a year-to-date basis, uh, the bond market, as measured by the aggregate bond index, is down almost as much as the S&P 500. So that same bond portfolio that you all have that has been a great hedge over you know four decades is no longer the case. And so, Josh, let's talk about why that's probably going to – that it's not going to be for the foreseeable future, why that is, but more importantly, what the solution is for all these people. Well, uh, you know, I, we would posit to you that, you know, and I've seen it expressed quite a lot lately on the financial news networks is that, you know, now's the time to uh, double down in bonds. Uh, we've reached some secular peak in yields or whatever the argument tends to be, but, uh, you know, to us, this idea that inflation is going to be tamed, you know, wh- whether or not we accept that reality that, you know, maybe we're looking at another year of inflationary pressures or they tend to dissipate re- relatively quickly. Uh, that 2% Fed f- target is not going to be reached, I would argue, in 2023. And that still is tantamount to picking up pennies in front of a steamroller and most of fixed income. And our solution you know, which has been right, which is to just own very, very, very short duration here since the uh, onset of coronavirus uh, and own more equities because on the, on the margin, you know, there's no upside ultimately for additional allocations to fixed income. And that's that's the consideration that's playing out in so many different retirees' portfolios right now is like, do I want to be – is this conservatism actually going to be beneficial to me in the long run? And on the margin, it's definitely not. Yeah, so the solution on the bond side of the portfolio is to shorten your duration to improve the credit quality because the other sort of boogeyman out there in the bond market is a recession and low credit quality bonds, the credit side of your portfolio, also getting whacked. So it's you, you, a lot of you have duration risk, meaning the bonds you own are too far out in duration or maturity. And then second – uh, you have low credit quality bonds, which in a recession historically, uh, there's been defaults, and, and then that's not uh, then that becomes a problem. The, too. the advisory industry solution is to add alternatives and make it a bond replacement, and we would posit to you that that is precisely the opposite of what you should be doing. Right. So improve the credit quality, shorten the duration is the solution. If rates continue to go higher, that's where it gets reflected first. Uh, and then eventually, maybe you can take duration, but uh, duration risk and credit risk. But now is certainly not the time uh, to take either of those risks. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call. The number is 877-670-7117. Or you can always send us an email with a question or comment by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about using investment rules to overcome your emotions. So stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Play KBEN. That's it. 
Clean, static-free sound, no matter where you are. Use the new KBND Amazon skill with your Echo or Alexa or Ziggy. It's easy. Play KBAN. Lamoya Casino is celebrating their 25th anniversary this June with over $60,000 in cash and prizes. The month-long Silver Jubilee celebration is packed full of great prizes like $25,000 in cash and genuine silver bars. Anniversary weekend is extra special beginning June 25th with hot seat drawings for silver pocket watches, free silver Jubilee t-shirts while they last, one lucky person winning $10,000 cash, and three others winning $5,000 cash each. It's the Silver Jubilee at Lamoya Casino, where winning comes next. Naturally. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. <laughs> Stepping into cold water is the worst. Jump into your morning shower and have hot water to start your day. Relax and rise and be on your way. Need to upgrade your water heater? Severson Plumbing has you covered. Voted best plumber in Central Oregon. Find us at SeversonPlumbers.com. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call Severson Plumbing first. Hello, Central Oregon. This is Christy from the Cosmic Depot. Welcome to the unusual as usual as we celebrate bringing back no fee ticket sales to all Parallel 44 shows when you pay cash at Cosmic. Check out all of Parallel 44's awesome musical offerings at eventbrite.parallel44 and plan to bop on by Cosmic Depot to pay less and connect more over live music. At Cosmic, we agree to keep your shopping experience all tuned up and ready to enjoy as new merchandise comes in every day. Stop on in for a wander or on a mission for Incense, Sage, and now Parallel 44 tickets for an upcoming show. Check out the huge display of rose quartz and spy the new toys in-house for Cosmic Kids ages 0 to 100 and stay on the silly side of life. The Cosmic Depot is open daily, 10 to 7 at 342 Northeast Clay and Bend. 14 years ago, a group of educators sat around my kitchen table talking about the learning experiences we wanted for our children. The result of that conversation was the creation of a new approach to education, one that serves over 900 students each year in grades 6 through 12 throughout Central Oregon. Hi, I'm John Bullock, Executive Director of Redmond Proficiency Academy, and I'm here to share why RPA might be a good fit for your family. At RPA, education as unique as you are is not just our motto, it's our mission. RPA has been revolutionizing education since our founding. Using our proficiency-based model, college-style scheduling, and our RPA Anywhere program, RPA provides the flexibility and freedom for our students to design and own their education. With the addition of free transportation from CET and the ability to play sports in their home district, students find RPA to be the best combination of education and lifestyle for a great experience. Limited openings are still available. To begin the journey to your new future, visit rpacademy.org. That's rpacademy.org. Education as unique as you are. Hi, I'm Tony Goldwyn. Ukraine remains under attack. Millions of people have fled, creating the fastest-growing refugee crisis in modern history. Children and families are seeking safety. AmeriCares is meeting the health needs of people caught in this terrible crisis with critical medicine and supplies and local partnerships to get aid where it's most needed. We are ready to do more, so let's work together. Together, we can improve health. Together, we can save lives. Learn how at americares.org slash help Ukraine. The mission is clear. Give transparent wealth-building advice every week. No sugarcoating, just down-to-earth real market happenings that you can use today. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to take us up on a free retirement interview, you can give our office a call if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets. The number is 800-743-0988. Or you can go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth, and send us an email. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement interview. This comes from the Genworth Cost of Care Survey. The median cost of a semi-private room in a nursing home facility is $7,900 a month or $94,900 per year. Uh, and so I bring that up because uh, that part of the, the inflation numbers in that uh, part of the 
end of life sort of care uh, are really bad, and that you know they were bad before we had an inflation problem. And so, um, you know, the, the hardest thing, and I think most people don't want to think about it, is that if you're really rich, you're what we call self-insured. You don't have to worry about, you know, you can pay for this really expensive care out of pocket. Uh, if you're broke, Medicaid pays for it. It's everybody in the middle, which is probably most of the people we're talking to right now. That's your biggest financial risk is, uh, especially if you're married, you know, if you're a million and a half of dollars, you're not going to be self-insured because uh, essentially the co- all of your income that your portfolio generates is going to go to one of the spouses in a nursing home facility. And before Medicaid will pay, the only thing that the like the spouse is still at home they can keep the house, $2,000 in cash, and a car. And so it's like, how is that person supposed to live while so much money is going uh, to nursing home care? And and it, and believe me, long-term care insurance isn't the solution because it used to be that you used to have very generous policies, but those policies got the insurance companies in trouble. And so now the policies are set up so that they don't make any sense to purchase because they don't provide you that much of a benefit. Uh, and so – and I, I'm not saying – sitting here today that I have some solution other than to be rich, but you know, that's not available for everybody. And And so for most people out there listening, the biggest risk uh, is that long-term care. One of the spouses go into a long-term care facility uh, and it dwindles the assets. uh, And so the remaining spouse is sort of left high and dry. In defense of the long-term care providers, how do you, how do the actuaries appropriately price? Oh, I'm not saying that they're in the wrong. I'm just saying, you know, there's, it's sort of, there's a, there's a problem with no solution. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's sort of like every year at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting in Omaha, Somebody asks Charlie and Warren what we do about healthcare in the United States, and they say, "Look, we can answer almost anything <laughs> except for that question. Like, that's the one we we can't touch." Yeah, um, because it's such a hard one. Uh, this is pretty funny. This, this Josh showed me this uh, from Lizanne Saunders' Twitter account. Uh, compared to the other global central banks, whoop, what do we got going here? The uh, they're sorry. Compared to other central global banks. Uh, and their respective bonds, Bank of Japan decisively holds the top spot in terms of ownership of their own bond market, JGBs. Uh, Bloomberg estimates that the Jap- Japanese central bank owns 50% of all the JGBs out there. So you think the United States owns a lot of treasuries, or our Fed owns a lot of treasuries? We're a joke compared and to actually both the ECB, the Bank of England, and the Bank of Japan. Japan may just be a couple small islands on the other side of the Pacific, but it's actually the world's third largest bond market. And remember, they're doing the same thing that our Fed was doing, except they are not only... On steroids. They're intensifying it as we speak because they're engaged in a form of yield curve control. They don't want borrowing costs in Japan to spike above a quarter point. So the the uh, BOJ goes out there and buys everything <laughs> that they can see. And you are watching it in the end. It's turning into a third world currency uh, in the months to come. Do you hear that, Jerome Powell? Okay, let's talk about something that uh, – a way for you to uh, remove – or to try to remove emotion uh, from your investing because we know that the one of the biggest enemies when the market does what it's doing right now uh, is people's emotion. So we get calls from clients that are emotional conversations, and usually by the time the client gets off the phone – we've gotten it back to a more rational fact-based conversation because that's what we need to deal with when markets get squirrely. But a way to take emotion out of the equation for so many of you in your portfolio or how you deal with your money is to create a rules-based investment approach. So Josh, describe what rules-based investing is. uh, Then we can talk about why it's so important. And then we can give some more important, some examples so that people have an understanding of, oh, okay, that makes way more sense than me just like having some reading a bunch of opinions and me having my own opinion and then reacting to that because we know over time that's how you diminish your investment returns greatly. Write down your rules first. Uh, The best way that you're going to be able to divorce yourself emotionally from uh, decision-making and your own money is by delineating it beforehand and looking at a written reminder. Generally, you could your rules are going to fall into one of two categories, whether it's time-based. Vanguard's got some great studies that show rebalancing, meaning selling stocks or either buying them based on 
where they are as a relative allocation with your portfolio. About 18 months is the ideal time frame for rebalancing. Most 401ks only have an auto rebalance option, uh, which is a little bit too frequent. Uh, so you might not necessarily want to set auto rebalance, uh, depending on your own personal risk tolerance. Uh, that's the time-based number of rules. You could say, I'm going to rebalance every 18 months, regardless of what markets are doing, and follow that rule. Uh, the other type of rule that you could you could devise beforehand when you're sort of creating your investment policy statement or whatever it may be uh, is threshold-based. So you're going to say, uh, if markets deviate by 5%, I'm going to sell some fixed income and buy stock. Or conversely, uh, if markets rise by 5%, I'm going to sell some stock, reduce risk in my portfolio, and add fixed income. That's the way to do it is break your rules either in time-based or threshold-based and then look at them in written form. And when market corrections like the one we're experiencing now happen, your one of your rules is likely going to be triggered or the amount of time has passed and you're going to execute on that rule regardless of whether or not you want to. That's the point. So those are examples of rules. Um, I, I think the important thing for you to understand is that Th those are just ex some examples. Like if you think about the best investors, the Buffets of the world, the Jim Simons of the world that have unbelievably great track records, they have rules uh, that they stick to that may be very different than yours. So as long as you have sound rules and then you stick to them, uh, statistically, you should do uh, pretty darn well over time in investing in, in markets. Uh, but some other examples of rules are – um, you know, that you're only the, the only uh, way you're going to invest your capital is through index investments. So, you know, either index mutual funds or index exchange traded funds so that when, you know, occasionally the market will dislocate or a certain stock will dislocate or a certain stock will, you'll become interested in. You'll say, well, you know, I want to buy that social media stock or I want to buy that SaaS stock or I want to buy that whatever ag stock. Um you have to have rules so that you don't deviate from investing in indexes so that you're not going out there trying to buy some great, you know, hot stock uh, that exists in the market. You have, you have to have rules that says, you know, I'm, I'm never going to let my stock exposure go above a certain percentage because I know my tolerance for volatility isn't that great. So your rules sort of have to be based on you knowing yourself and how you have historically behaved in markets and then creating rules around you know behavior modification so that as long as you like Josh said write your rules down and then when your brain wants you to do something stupid you look at your rules and your rules keep you from doing it so the, the you know an exa good example like Josh gave of a rebalance uh, of our rules is that you know in March of 2020 when the coronavirus hit and the market was down 34% in in 19 trading days our rules were triggered and that, that said our portfolios had to rebal be rebalanced which meant we were selling bonds which were doing well at the time and buying stock which we get getting obliterated, we happen to do it three to trading days before the market bottom, not because Josh and I are investment savants or brilliant or geniuses. The brilliance was that we created the rules that told us to do the rebalance. And so at the time, it felt really awful, but it obviously turned out to be the right thing. We just didn't know it at the time. That's how rules can help you be successful. The most important part of your rules is that they take your emotion out of the equation because Really, the success and genius of Buffett is he is able to act very rationally when other people are losing their heads. And that's part of his rules, right? And so if you can create rules for yourself as part of an investment policy statement, knowing yourself and your past behaviors, and then most importantly, stick to those rules, even when it feels really hard to do uh, over time, that will help you be a, a, a successful investor. All right, if you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll have one last segment of emails, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with the Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 
save thousands. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Save thousands. Be advised, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2022 inventory ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives, factory rebates, this weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free admission. Free parking. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Call 888-SPA-SALE or visit Hot Tub and Swim Spa Sale. The Deschutes Public Library has been serving Central Oregon for over 100 years. My name is Kelly Cannon-Miller. I work at the Deschutes Historical Museum. So I use the library both professionally and personally. There's great access to genealogy records through the online portal. There's great access to newspapers. Uh, And then personally, sometimes I hear about a movie that I really want to track down. Or somebody told you about a book that they read once. You can find it through the library. Libraries have everything you need. My name is Jane Perez, and I own Assisted Living Education. Hi, I'm Todd Anderson, and I'm a social studies teacher. I love coming to the library because I love to read. It's a great place for my students and for me to get reference materials, reading materials, all kinds of different things. I always need new material for my classes. And look around, I have great resource right here in my backyard. I love our library. Get your library card at any of the locations in Deschutes County and start loving your library today. This Sunday, the Music City is going to get loud when NASCAR returns to Nashville on NBC and Peacock. It's the kickoff to the second half of the NASCAR season, and anything can happen. Experience the thrills, the drama, the exhilaration as the world's best drivers push it to the limit. NASCAR at Nashville, Sunday, 5 Eastern, on NBC and Peacock. Chances are you're jamming in your car right now. And since Liberty Mutual customizes car insurance, so you only pay for what you need, Limu and I are going to show you some safe car dance moves. Hit it. Everybody, check your blind spots real quick. Now hands on the wheel. Put them 10 in two and move your head like a bird do. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. You don't get to undermine all the institutions and then be surprised when someone on the other side also undermines the institution. So if we're talking about the collapse of American institutions, a symptom of which was January 6th, then we have to look around at why all the institutions and the trust in all of our institutions has been collapsing. And that is not a partisan point. That is a bipartisan point. Ben Shapiro, weeknights at 6 and Sundays at 3. Only on FM News 100.1, News Talk 1110, KBND. Get your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Call us if you want to get one of those scheduled. Josh, one of us will give you uh, an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, uh, your asset allocation, your state plan, your financial plan. Whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So call the office to get that scheduled or send us an email. If you go to our website, you can do that. All right. One of the things that I think is important for people that are retired, especially are considering retiring to know about uh, is one of the best uh, protections you can give yourself <coughs> against inflation over your retirement is delaying your Social Security. So uh, every, I hopefully people know that every year you wait after 62, between 62 and 70 to take Social Security, your Social Security payments go up by 8% per year. So not so. So it's it's 8% uh, per year in your income, which is a big, big difference. Uh, um, and so every year you wait 8%. But then remember, the cost of living adjustments that are being added to Social Security go on top of that 8%. So 
If you can delay your Social Security as long as possible, that is your best protection against inflation uh, in retirement is delaying that uh, because not only you're getting the 8% increases, but you're getting the cost of living adjustments on top of those, which is quite significant. And so the strategy to employ for those of you is to take more from your retirement accounts to delay Social Security. And, and then once you go on Social Security, then you reduce the amount you're taking from uh, your retirement accounts. I know most financial advisors aren't going to tell you that, but that is a really good strategy to protect yourself from inflation. And in the retirement. 2022 COLA projection, 8.6%. <laughs> so it's crazy. You're talking Biggest about ever by a 16.6% growth in a essentially risk-free payment stream. In your income, which uh, is huge. Where else in your world are you going to find that? Nowhere. Nowhere. Celsius. Celsius. Yeah, uh, stable coins. Uh, this comes from the Treasury Department. The yield on the ten-year Treasury note has more than doubled year to date. It rose from four point, or sorry, one point four percent at the close of trading last year, to just to over three percent um, now. Over sixty years, so between nineteen sixty-two and twenty twenty-one, the yield on the ten-year note has never doubled over the course of a calendar year. And this year, we did it in six months, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> Uh, but it's obviously come from where it's coming from is the problem. All right. Uh, yeah, we, that's, that's Kathy Wood math. <laughs> well, Kathy Wood. We got an email from a John in Ben. John says, with stocks down and no end in sight to the bear market, should my wife and I take money out of our retirement plans to pay off our mortgage? We are both retired and our mortgage rate is just under 4%. Uh, if it's coming from retirement accounts specifically, absolutely not. Only because your marginal tax rate, uh, on top of you know other ordinary income you may have, uh, likely going to mean that your cost of capital is significantly higher than uh, your four percent interest rate. I mean, it's that one's pretty simple. Just the state tax rate alone will compensate for that. But uh, we certainly can empathize with this desire to. Uh, deleverage for a lot of people out there. And if your source of funds is not necessarily a retirement account, uh, may it, it may be a Roth or uh, some version of a taxable account or cash out there that is uninvested and doesn't have capital gains liability associated with it, that may be you know a sensible strategy, not purely in the mathematical sense, but simp it's just in the sense that you know we definitely see a lot of retirees out there that know that the arbitrage uh, maybe isn't there for them, but they're doing that just because they don't want the leverage. Uh, and that's something that, you know, is totally respectable and we understand. I don't think it's respectable. Why didn't you do it last November? Why are you doing it now? Like th the theory that because we're in a bear market <laughs> is the reason you're going to cash in stocks when they're at a discount to pay off your I, mortgage. I was, I was, I was, I was neglecting the bear market rationale. I just think that it's a respectable yeah, notion is, to with, reduce this is, leverage. With, this is the sentence with with stocks down and no one in sight to the bear market was the rationale. Well, and again, like I rejecting the actual premise of the question almost entirely you know i would i would say like i can Sorry, empathize John, I can, this is what you should have asked <laughs> yeah this i can empathize with that idea of reducing leverage but uh you know definitely not well but implied in his question is that by paying off the mortgage uh he gets a guaranteed return of four percent because his mortgage rate is four percent but that rationale like it, 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 the the reality is is like if you're it, so clearly you don't have like this lo long-term plan with your money. It's like you're making decision, this big decisions based on what markets are doing in the short term. Yeah. When over time, you know, so if you were going to pay off your mortgage with whatever assets you were going to use, this stock market shouldn't have been part of the equation in that decision, right? So you should have said, when I get to retirement, I want my mortgage to be paid off for these reasons. Not now saying, oh, we're in a bear market and I think it's going to get worse. Therefore, I'm going to sell assets that are down to pay off a mortgage. That rationale doesn't make sense. If you think about it like Josh said from the purely mathematical standpoint, do you believe, John, or do we believe that over time uh, your portfolio is going to do better than 4%? Yes, if it's invested properly in low-cost index funds and a good asset allocation. I absolutely believe over time uh, your, your, port, your investment portfolio will do better than 4%. And so then, then you say to yourself, well, the math makes sense for me to leave that money invested, especially if I have enough cash flow to pay off my mortgage. Uh, but the, your, your theory, John, in that you're guaranteeing yourself a 4% return allegedly yeah, we by can't, paying off your mortgage. We can't co-sign on that logic. That, that just uh, – we're not going to uh, go there. 
Uh, okay, we got an email from a AG in Redmond. Uh, my wife and I have started talking about setting up our estate plan now that we have two kids. Sounds like Josh. Uh, how do we know if we need a basic will or a trust? Well, you absolutely need a will. Um, well, you need, yeah, you need, you need something is the definite answer yeah. to that question. Whether or not you need a trust, you know, is depending on the, the size of your estate, et cetera, can dictate whether or not that, I mean, the will should be the starting point, absolutely, and you 100% need a will, and uh, you both need one, and you need to do it as soon as you can. Uh, beyond that, the trust mechanism isn't going to likely do much for you if you're in that stage of household formation. Uh, your beneficiaries are young. It's you know it's going to give you privacy, whatever else. It's it's not something that is an imperative like the will is, but uh, that's the first step. And then the rest of it you can work on later, or alternatively, you can use your will to actually uh, provide for the creation of a trust upon your passing, which is another good strategy. Yeah. So, so I guess the, the decision point for between if you need a will or a trust uh, is, you know, things like if you have an estate tax problem, either uh, at the federal level or the state level, a trust can help you do some estate planning there, uh, some con controlling of some assets, that kind of thing. But it sounds like you're relatively young and, and you know you have new kids and they're minors so like josh said you definitely need to both get in there and get a will uh get that set up and then potentially if you if you uh, you know if one of you died and ha you know you and you might want to set up a trust or if both of you die you might want to set up a trust for the benefit of your kids that's what i have is that if my, my wife and i both died at the same time a trust gets set up for the benefit of my kids uh which uh somebody manages for the on their behalf all right that's our show this week thanks for joining us remember to buy low sell high we'll see you next week been listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show, Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit financialfocusradio.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstance and, if necessary, seek professional advice.